Welcome to episode 136 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name's Trent. I'm joined by Jason. This week we've got Bill Leverty of Firehouse. The blood and beers uh, triumvirate, if you will. Triumvirate. <laughs> it is trifecta, whatever is complete. Yeah, it took us 136 episodes. We did it though. <laughs> yeah. for, for those of you that are not in the know, Blood, Sweat, and Beers was the name of the tour that Warren headlined in 1991. Yeah. Maybe into 92, I don't know. I think but, we were like four or five back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just hit five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, that it was Warren with Firehouse and Trickster. And that was both of ours first concert. Mm-hmm. So once we started getting to this, pretty early on, we were able to get Joey Allen a Warrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we thought, you know what, eventually we're going to get these... Two guys from these other two bands. That's right. To fulfill, make the circle complete. You know, our first concert, we started this podcast, and now it's all <laughs> a big circular thing. So then we got Mark Gus Scott from Trickster, mm-hmm. and now here we are with Bill Leverty of Firehouse. It's it's quite an honor. Um, you know, Firehouse is the very first band I ever saw live as they opened the show. Um, that was a memorable night for me. It kind of kicked off a lot of stuff in my life, you know, as being a music fan. Um, and I really love that whole genre of music. Um, I still take it very seriously to this day, but I definitely have a soft spot in my heart for all three of those bands. So this was great. Yeah. And I thought, I thought you, that was your first concert. I thought you had something before that. I thought you were like one up on me or something. I saw Conway Twitty when I was a kid. Well, now that counts, because Conway Twitty's a fucking badass and a legend. I don't know if it was Conway. I have to ask my mom. I went to some concert, country concert when I was a little kid, but yeah. I remember it. So my first like real concert as a kid wanting to go to a concert was that. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. That's that's great. Where was it at? The Expo Square Pavilion in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Wow. Wow. I think that was Mike Thrasher's first concert, too. I'm jealous. What? I'm jealous. Jealous of what? I wanted to see Conway Twitty. Oh, no, I'm talking about Warren again. Oh. I'm talking... No, where was Conway Twitty at? Oh, I don't know. Jeez. Call up my mom. See, you still... See, I was still so jazzed (laughs) about Conway Twitty, I forgot where we were for a minute. Okay. I I think we should do, like, a whole country episode one time. Yeah. Who was it that we were going to do that? Adam Jode, right? Yes. And uh, Steve Young from... Crane technique. Yes, we anyway, need to do it. The round I, table. I just saw a badass country show this past weekend. But right, anyways, that's right. But I mean, we just got way off the fucking subject there. But you don't want to talk about Dale Watson on this podcast? Uh, I do, but okay. I mean, I just saw him this past weekend. It was freaking amazing. Asleep at the wheel too. But uh, you know, we're getting yeah, we're getting like way out there. Save that for our second Shooter Jennings episode. <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's get back on track here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's break this up a tiny bit and throw some music up here early on. We wanted to play a guy that we've played before because he's been on this podcast. Yes. His name's Chris Green, and he is the guitarist for Taiketo and Rubicon Cross and now Delacoma. That's right. But this right here is his solo EP called Unveil, and this song's called Once Forgotten.
Once Forgotten from Chris Green. That's from his solo EP, Unveil. Check that thing out. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, all that great stuff. Look him up on Facebook at Chris Green Guitarist. But, I mean, what can you say? That guy's just fucking phenomenal. Oh, man. I mean, I just want to throw my guitar away when I hear that. <laughs> it makes right. you want to do one of two things. Practice more or throw your guitar away. Right. Uh, it was a great song. It's real, uh, <clears throat> you know, kind of majestic. Has a majestic feel. Right. Um, you know, it could be like in, you know, something you might hear at a TSO show or on Game of Thrones or something. I mean, uh, and then, and then, you know, and he'll, and then it's got some tempo changes and he shreds and it, it's a great showcase of what Chris can do and just how good of a, great of a guitar player he is. Yeah. And that EP has five songs and mm-hmm. they've all got a different style and feel to them. Exactly. But if you love guitar work, you, you'll absolutely love it. Yeah. And, and like you mentioned, he's in Delacoma right now helping them out. And we had Delacoma on the podcast too. Yeah. Which is another artist you need to check out of if course. you're not familiar with him. And, Troy Patrick Farrell is now in Delacoma. At least, I don't know if this is permanent or him yep. and Chris Green are just filling in for tour, but we'll find out soon enough, right? Do, do you still play Words with Friends with Troy Patrick Farrell? I did up until a few weeks ago, actually. Oh, man, that's Whenever awesome. I quit playing with everybody because I got slacking and he resigned a game, so I think he was pissed off at me. I would be. So if TPH he, is out there, he, I apologize for that, you know slack it on that game you, you i think i did it on you too yeah you did we, we're, you don't like dog and cat and fat and tap i mean that those are my go-to words for that game <laughs> za yeah <laughs> anyway chris yeah. green was on episode 98 that was a really good one i think it was. he had a lot of great. cool stuff to talk about so go check that out and another thing that kind of ties this all together is he's the guitarist for rubicon cross which if you have not checked out, you need to. That features C.J. Snare of Firehouse. Yes. And it's a little bit heavier in Firehouse. And just like Firehouse, as you heard from that song, it's got great guitar work. So be sure and check out Rubicon Cross. Definitely. Well, speaking of member changes, what were you going to talk about? Baroness or something? No. no. <laughs> okay. You just... Sorry, I had to do a segue. You gotta here. give no. me shit every turn, don't you? No. Uh, did you see you you will? Did you see? Did you hear what happened with uh, Devil? You know? Did you see yeah. that? Yeah, I saw earlier they changed their name to. Okay, that was what I was going to bring up. Like I the thought, torch was that right? Yeah, because no. you know, the, him and Jamie Josta always talked about it on the Josta show about like his new side project and what they should call it, and I think that that just morphed into changing the name of devil you know i think oh so separate th- from devil you know but then now you it think just, it's yeah I, th- I think i haven't heard anything about it lately but i'm wondering if that's because that was the first i'd heard of that yeah. so and it's you know i just thought it was weird i mean I, I don't know what the circumstances are but i mean have you have you known a band that's been two or three albums in that has you know a decent fan base to where they can tour and then they just change their name <laughs> i don't i don't know that there's got to be something to it i'm yeah. sure there's I'm, I'm sure there's a band out there somewhere that did it but that seems like a first to me you know like a, a band on a national level you right know? so I don't, it's just weird maybe they saw the devil your door change their name so they thought we need to change ours too <laughs> yeah. there you go trendsetters <laughs> right. I, I like it i like it yeah. Um, I also saw just a little bit on Facebook, uh, Streets Gone Wild posted, said they look, it's going to look like June 2018 for the next Streets Gone Wild. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so not, cool. Not in the fall like last time? No, no. We're going to, we're going to, uh, go that's, out there in the scorching heat yeah. on the pavement. So yeah, that's you know. the only downfall of that. But hey, if they can make it happen, that might be the best yeah, time to do great, it. So uh, yeah, great lineup like that. Uh, I'm there. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, Firehouse was there last time. That's They're right. Tying all this together. It, yeah. Huh? It's just, it, it's all over the place. And also, I just saw that, uh, Locust Grove and Emperors and Elephants are coming to the shrine. Oh, wow. September 3rd. Okay. So that, that's, that's going to be a cool show. Yeah. Emperors and Elephants. <laughs> that's the one that with Randy from THC, right? Yes. Or he used, I don't know if he still uh, yeah, is. Yeah, I think he used I don't, I'm not okay. sure. But uh, just just a few little things I just saw that, you know, I wanted to bring up. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Well, this weekend, if you're at in Oklahoma City area, Scattered Hamlets return in Oklahoma Friday night at Thunder Alley. Yes. And that's two things we love, Thunder Alley 
and Scattered Hamlet. That's right. That's a band that I can't stress enough if you've never seen live. If they're in your town, go do it. Yeah, it's going to be great. They tour all the time, you know, all over the country. You got to see these guys. They're fantastic live. And they've been on this podcast like three times Three now. times, yeah. Yeah, so get out there, look for them. I'm going to be there. Okay. So come say hey if you're out there. And then the next night here in Tulsa, we've got a show at the Vanguard with the Normandies, Wither, Madewell, right? Uh, or no. Pawn Shop sorry, Heroes. Pawn Shop Heroes and then Western Horn and the Hush. Yes. So that's a great lineup. Get out there, check that out. We've had the Normandies on here before. We played Wither. Western right. Horn is in the Normandies. West, yeah, He's been Western on here. Western Horn's in the, yes. So get out there and check that out. It's a great night of punk rock and hard rock that you don't want to miss. That's right. And if you're in Oklahoma City area, you can go check out the Gathering of the Juggalos. Jason will be out there handing out the mm-hmm. underground stickers at the door. So, hey, you're the one that's going to Oklahoma City this weekend, dick. To see Scattered Hamlet. Uh, but then again, uh-huh. I don't know. Adam Joad might be at the Juggalo thing, so I might have to go out there. You know what? I wouldn't. Um, he probably won't like you saying that. That's true. I should probably backtrack. Yeah, you might want to send that. You might want to edit that out. Okay. Because you're acting like a jabroni right now. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Well, we need to get into this firehouse talk, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh... so just I want to ask you something first. Okay. As a guitarist, I can always, you know, as a fan of music, I can hear a, a guy and think, this guy's great, hear different styles and all that, but I don't hear it the same way as someone that plays guitar. Mm-hmm. And I know that throughout the years, ever since we're younger, even now, you've always talked about Bill Leverty and how you thought he kind of stood out above a lot of those guys yeah, from that era. Definitely. So what is it about him that makes him do that, in your opinion? For me, um, I think I kind of... <laughs> alluded to this in the interview but and this is comes with you know seeing him play is just uh just the way he moves his hands you know it's very he makes it look very easy it's economical it's you know it 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 just you know i don't know it's just the way it flows you know it looks really skilled it makes it look really easy but anyways you know i don't know that could be clear as mud for anybody out there i'm not really sure but as far as sound, I just really, you know, he was always, uh, you know, uh, technical, uh, you know, you could label him as a shredder, but everything was always still really melodic and you can sing a lot of that stuff. You know, the, they're tuneful. They stick in your head. And, you know, I always, that always stuck out to me. I always really dug that. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I remember, um, the second night of the Halata Fest, I ran into CJ from the Grind, and we were, you know, he he was asking me about, you know, <clears throat> you know, he he found out I played guitar, and he was like, "Well, who do you like?" And I was telling him the 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 usual Metallica, Anthrax, Big Four, Thrash, you know, whatever. But I also threw in Bill Leverty, you know, because because I really really enjoys playing, and and I think that you know he's kind of not talked about as much as he should be. So that that's 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 where it comes from, you know, f- from me on, on that, you know, on Bill Leverty. Cool. Well, if you've never checked out his solo stuff, you need to because it's got, like you said, that melodic feel. It's a little bit more just along the melodic lines than Firehouse, you know, yeah. obviously is, but Firehouse has some heavier stuff than I think a lot of his solo stuff is, but mm-hmm. he's got... Some new, you know, a few new songs the last couple of years, and then he's got a lot of great cover stuff and some older. Yeah, he does some great material. covers. He's got a great voice. You yeah, know? it fits well with yeah. with that style of rock. So yeah, it'd be exciting to see what his new stuff is coming out. And then of course Firehouse. You know, I mean, I've always, like you said, first band we ever saw live. Yeah. I've loved them since the first time I heard them on the radio. I think yeah. it was probably Don't Treat Me Bad, and then you know everything. Those first those first two albums are as good. As any two albums from that era. Definitely. I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of hope, people don't don't elevate him up to the level of some of those bigger guys, but especially the second album. You know, I'll hold, yeah, say, hold your yeah. fire is just like, you know, it, it was it was a band from that genre going a just a step further with the riffs and getting a little heavier and stuff. I mean, it was just it's fucking cool. It was a great record. Yeah, yeah. What do you? What's your favorite song off that record? Oh man. Uh, I, I don't even, you know what, what's funny is, 
I, I, I couldn't tell you other than, um, other than, uh, reach for the sky. I think the title track's great. Hold your fire. Um, but you know, when I was a teenager, I could have told you every song title, but now I just put the record on. Right. I mean, that, and that's, that's just me being honest. I, I don't, I don't know that I could tell you, uh, a, a, a you know, a title. Yeah. Um, and that probably makes me look stupid, but no. anyone that knows me knows that I stopped reading lyrics and getting into song titles a long time ago. I throw yeah. the CD in and, you know, I go and, you know, put on a Katy Perry video on mute or crack open a beer or something. <laughs> right. Um, you know, just, just being honest here, folks. Yeah. But I, I, I'm, I, I'm telling you, you know, that second record is fucking great. Yeah. You know, I know it. You know it. Right. It is. Well, I think for me, for me on that album, Rock You Tonight always jumped out as like, that might be my favorite yeah. Firehouse song. And I think you and, Tracy went and saw him live. Yes. Like, man, what was it like? Eight, was eight years ago, ago, probably now. And yeah, you were out of town and we were like, well, we got to go see him. Fuck it. Yeah. Let's go. And that was a headline show. And I've never, I've seen him tons of times, but it's always been opening or festivals. And they played rock. I remember you guys told me they played Rocky tonight and I was so heartbroken. Yeah. Well, you should <laughs> And they never played and, it when and, I've seen them, I don't think. And well, <laughs> it was crazy because it was in Claremore at like their high school gym. And it was like, you know, they so random. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, I don't know how the fuck that came about, but anyways, um, it it was like in the middle of the gym and they built the stage and they just kind of like, you couldn't even, they kind of just brought the bleachers in a little bit and had a little standing area. I mean, you couldn't, I mean, it didn't even, you know, it didn't even cover the whole floor of the gym. I mean, so there was probably. I don't know, two, three hundred people. But I mean, the area that they played was, it was full and it was, uh, it was nuts. I mean, it, I, I have never seen a show like that in a gym and I haven't seen one since. Right. So it was definitely a pretty unique experience. Yeah. So, and, <laughs> and when we weren't, when we weren't digging on Firehouse, we were talking shit about you the whole time. Of course. You know, that's, that's, that's what your <laughs> friends do, Trent. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. I hope to see them again soon. They're playing, you know, they're playing shows every year, like yeah. I said. Um, but besides that, early on, I, what was it? we saw them open for Tesla, like the next year. Remember that? Or were you at that show? I don't think so. Tesla played the Pavilion. No, in I didn't go to that show. I did not get yeah. Firehouse opened mm-hmm. when they were on the Holder Fire tour. But yeah, I mean, I've even in '95 when they put out three, I got that thing right when it yeah. came out, and that's when people. You know what, 95, we were 18. That's when people our age were like, wouldn't admit that they still liked, you know, stuff from that era, but I didn't yeah. give a fuck. You know, I it's didn't like either. people would rather say that they like Seven Mary Three or Dishwall and yeah. Firehouse. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you know, it's like, I'd still exactly. tell people at school, I'd still fucking wear a warrant shirt. I didn't give a shit. Yeah. You know, and so their music's good, even the later stuff, prime time, category five, but I just hope they do something new because it's been a long time. Hey, I, I, I got crazy mad fucking weird looks when I'd go to Best Buy and get, you know, warrant ultraphobic CMC records. <laughs> CMC you records, You know, right? the, the clerks would look at me like I had a dick growing out of my forehead, but I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Because, you know, what am I going to listen to? Warrant ultrapho- ultraphobic or... Marcy's Playground. Yeah, or Marcy's Playground. Really? <laughs> you know, eat a dick. I know what I'm listening to. Yeah. But that's the great thing is you could buy ultraphobic Firehouse 3... Encroaching and conformity, wise blood, all at the same time, and it all makes sense. Yeah, it, it sure did to me, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, should we get into this interview? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's uh just Let's ro- roll the thing. Well, I haven't said yet to check out all our stuff. Yeah, well, underground. Do that. Com. Get that out of the way. Get out there, like our stuff. Facebook, the th- backslash the Thunder Underground. Instagram, SoundCloud is backslash Thunder Dash Underground, and then we're every Monday night. You can hear us on 1027WSNR.com. We stream there at 7 p.m. Central. But yeah, here you go. Bill Leverty of Firehouse.
Yeah, it's a, it's a lot uh, easier to shove uh, 100 pounds of stuff in a in a 100-pound bag instead of in a 50-pound bag, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> well, so, uh, yeah, it's good to be able to do that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, we're digging your uh, the new uh, You're a Natural. We both dig it and uh, just kind of talk about, you know, where that came from and how that came to be. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate you guys listening to it, and I'm, I'm glad you like it, and thanks for the kind words. I, uh, that one kind of started off with just the, um, you know, the, the like a lot of the songs that I, I come up with, uh, it's kind of the, the hook or the chorus it happens first, and then uh, I write the song backwards. So yeah. it was, you know, you're a natural, you're a natural disaster, is, is you know, the play on words or the, <clears throat> the, the little... <laughs> a little uh, double entendre or whatever and then um you know i've i tried to turn it into a chorus and then i tried to write whatever sounded like it would lead into the chorus well and then i tried to write the verses and then i tried to write whatever's left over being you know a bridge or two i think that one's that song has two bridges and then a, you know a good intro that would kind of set the the mood and then uh, an ending that that would kind of finish it off so it's just, you know it's i don't know where it came from it was just really that you're a natural a natural disaster i just thought that was sounded cool yeah <laughs> was that how you write most of your songs you're saying yeah most of the songs that um i've that, that are uh, lyrical songs that i had a part in the lyrics it's been a a hook first like you know the, the the, the the title of the song or the the main line in the chorus it really wasn't so much okay what are we going to write about let's write the first verse you know that's first verse is sometimes the last lyric to be to be written in this stuff that i've done i mean i'm i'm just not that good at, at uh starting with a blank piece of paper and let, let's start with the first verse and um you know Hats off to the guys who can do it. I, I've just kind of been a backwards writer. Well, as a guitarist, are you always coming up with riffs and then putting them to the side and thinking, well, that'll work once you come up with a chorus like that? Uh, I practice a little bit every day. I used to practice a lot more, but I still practice at least an hour a day. And um, a lot of the practicing is trying to do the things that I kind of already know how to do and then I try to set some of the time aside to try to come up with new things and new ideas and try new riffs and new melodies and stuff <clears throat> excuse me and um, when I got a good one that that kind of makes me feel like um, you know that's worth working on I press the record button and you know lately and you know, I guess in the last 10 or 15 years 95% of the time when I'm practicing I'm doing it, I'm practicing into my digital audio workstation or Pro Tools. And so I can just hit the record button and, and lay that idea down and then come back to it and go, hey, that was good or, you know, it was lame or it, it sounds like, you know, something else I've done or something somebody else has already done. And, and it's kind of, you know, you second guess yourself to death on that stuff. But <clears throat> I think the um, the bottom line is just to, that what I try to do is just keep the instrument in my hands as many hours, you know, a day as I can. And, um, hopefully some good things will come out. Well, you've had a couple other songs over the past few years that you released as singles like strong. And do you have any thoughts on doing a full length of original material anytime soon? Yeah. Well, so my plan of attack for the last couple of solo albums has been, um, you know, you just write a song, finish it, try to make it as good as you can and put it out. And then when you got 10, you put out an album. And uh, right now I've got seven and I'm kind of stuck right now at seven. Uh, it's been a while since I released your natural, but I have some other ideas that are, you know, when something really jumps out and smacks me in the face, I'll really try to take it to its uh, completion. But right now I'm, I'm kind of in the phase of just trying to practice and, and work on some, some some guitar playing you know and and i you know like i said i'm got a couple of ideas that are on the back burner and uh hopefully i'll get the the last three songs done and 
and get another another CD out. Yeah, the most recent full length you did was Drive. It had a lot of great covers on it. And how do you go about choosing what covers you're going to do? Is it just stuff that you're a big fan of, or is it something you think that would work well with your guitar playing and voice? Well, it's it's all that. Um, you know, the the stuff I'm a big fan of. You know, some of it's way out of my vocal league, um, but with that album, I tried to pick songs that influenced me before I started playing guitar. So as a, as a young guy and, um, and I tried to make it, you know, songs that I still love today. And then, you know, songs that I could sing and play and, and, and maybe in the playing throw my style as a vocalist and as a singer in there and try to make it somewhat different from the original, but still, keep the integrity of the original recordings and um you know that just started off with with one song and um i had so much fun i, I like let's find the next song yeah. and i spent quite a while in between songs trying to decide on the next song to do uh, i wish it was um you know easy to to go okay the next song's gonna be you know this one but then i always had a reason not to do the next song like you know i you know, I decided I'm not going to do songs that have been covered a lot, but they had to be songs that were uh, deeply ingrained in my my DNA as a kid growing up, and um, s- songs that I still love to listen to today. So it, it narrowed it down to those, but they they didn't they didn't I didn't just sit down and pick the ten. I did I picked one, and then I after I finished it, I went all right. What's the next one going to be? And then I waited for a couple of weeks and sifted through tunes that you know because we were as kids you know we were influenced by so many songs they were all over the radio back then and and there were so many genres that i liked it wasn't just hard rock heavy metal it was i liked everything i didn't really have the blinders on and as i became you know in my late teens and early 20s i really started to really focus only on you know stuff that had great guitar you know that like high gain guitars you know van halen ted nugent michael Schenker, stuff like that <clears throat> and um and as far as playing but i listened to still some other guitarists but um when i was younger I, I tend to listen to more of you know the songs and the singers so it was you know it was a fun exercise in making that record not only in going back and learning these songs that i liked as a kid but also listening to the production and how they put these things together and, and how they were written and and how masterful these these guys were back then in doing it all, uh, you know, with, with a 16-track tape machine or whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, kudos for not picking all the songs that have been done a lot because if I hear another cover of Sympathy for the Devil, I'm going to puke. You know? <laughs> and I love that song. Yeah, I mean, but, it's great, but uh, yeah, I, you I know just, what I mean. <laughs> I kind of ruled out the stones from the get-go because <laughs> you can't really d- d- cover the stones yeah. uh, I, I mean i couldn't i couldn't cover a zeppelin song either and i couldn't cover a van halen song i you know i could attempt covering a beatles song but i still thought that was you know a little too um much of a right in front of your face kind of song i wanted to pick the ones that are a little more obscure that um that i was interested in as a kid that everybody else wasn't necessarily interested in mm-hmm. uh, some of those songs were number one songs but you know i i think we've forgotten about some of them you know and so that i wanted to kind of remind myself of them and then if everybody else listened to it and liked it then all the better yeah i mean have, have you always sang have you always been comfortable with singing or did you know you just knew that you want to do solo stuff so you're gonna have to start singing <laughs> well I, I mean i sang in the in the church choir when i was a young okay. guy um i i was in another choir um b- but um you know when you get a singer like cj snare in your in your main band mm-hmm. or, uh, you know why why sing well the reason i gotta sing is is because i gotta harmonize with him and i gotta be in tune with him and he's he's got perfect pitch as good as as good as anybody I've ever heard, and um, you know, listening to him for that many years, you know, only makes me try to be a better singer because 
you know, the bar is set so high with him. And, um, you know, with my first, I mean, I sang on a couple of firehouse songs, um, in our old recordings. Um, and, um, you know, and I, and I sang on a bunch of the demos that I kind of prepped up before I played them for anybody to be considered to be songs for our band. But, um, you know, when you're doing something on a demo, you're kind of thinking, well, this really doesn't really matter that much. So I don't have to really get the vocal to, to be completely, um, I don't have to be completely satisfied with my performance. But, um, after our, I don't know when, I guess it was like 1997 or eight, I just decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to record a couple of these old songs that I had ideas for and and sing them and i sang them kind of as demos but as as keeper demos so that i was happy with the performance but I, my intention was to like go back and sing them in a studio with a really good mic and because uh, i just sang them with a sure sm57 um but after i was done with 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 the songs i thought well you know what i don't, I don't really want to go back and sing them again i think i captured the the vibe and I put out my first solo album and it's, it's more bluesy than a firehouse, um, uh, vibe. I mean, firehouse has a blues based, hard rock, melodic rock kind of vibe to it. But some of these songs are a little, were a little too bluesy and mm -hmm. they, they didn't uh, get voted on by everybody for whatever reason. So I just held on to them. And eventually I thought, well, you know, I, I, I want to sing them, you know? So <laughs> I, decided to go ahead and give it a shot. And then, you know, I've been singing, um, you know, I think this is, this will be my fifth album, solo album that, yeah. uh, and when it gets done and, um, three out of four of them are vocal records. And, you know, it's, it sure does make you a better singer, I think by recording yourself. Cause you can listen back and when Definitely. you're singing live in the, in the, in the heat of the moment, um, it's kind of hard to really zero in on everything with a vocal and, and with everything. But when you listen back and you have that power of rewind, it'll make you better at everything you do, I think, in terms of being a musician and as a singer. Perry Richardson got up on stage and played with you guys, I think it was towards the end of last year. How was that, having him back on stage? And was that, did it just feel like time had never passed or did it feel odd? Oh, it was great. I mean, he's doing great, and um, it was great to see him. And and he he just plays great and sings great, and we had a great time. It was a it was a wonderful experience, and I think the fans loved it, and 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 we all had a great time. It was it was really cool. Cool. Well, Firehouse has been. I know you guys had Full Circle a few few years ago, but it's been quite a while since you had an album of new material. Is there any thoughts or any talk on that? So we all want to do it. It's, um, you know, getting everybody to be off and then cut out time to get together to write it. You know, our, our hope is to write a song and then put out a song first so you don't have to, like, tackle a whole album. And so, um, you know, as, as soon as we get get the right song and the right time to, to lay, that, lay it down, we're, we're all eager to do it. It's just, it's just getting it together is... is the only thing holding us back. So hopefully soon. Do you guys write, write together? Or do you kind of just bring ideas fully or how do you guys do that? We've done it both ways and we've had, uh, you know, great success and enjoyment in doing it, you know, both ways. I mean, I write any way I can write. If, if I'm in the shower and I've got an idea for a song, <laughs> you know, and I can go downstairs and start working on it, I'll do it. If we're all, sitting at the dinner table and drinking a beer afterwards and shooting around ideas. That's a great way to do it too. So, you know, my philosophy is to kind of take it any way you can get it. Well, uh, talk about, um, the awesome guitars. I've noticed you've played those the last few years and they're pretty slick. So I just kind of want you to talk about those a little bit. Well, thank you very much. They're, they're from big spring, Texas. Mm -hmm. And, um, <clears throat> I think, the Jake, who was the who was the uh, the the owner of the company, he's originally from Kansas, and he he lived moved to Texas a few years ago. But um, they make really great handcrafted instruments 
that are the combinations of all the best things of all the great instruments that are made out there and kind of truncating or, or deleting the parts of those instruments that aren't so good. You know, they're great instruments made by every company, but there are certain things on it, on them, on each one that aren't so good or don't really work as well in his opinion. And, and I agree, I share his opinion on this stuff. So he, he's come up with some designs for guitars that um, work really well for my style of playing. Um, and the one that I'm using is uh, a 24 fret neck guitar. Um, it's a neck through body construction. So it's not a bolt on neck. It's yeah. actually a, and the one I've got now is a laminated, um, couple of different types of wood that go from the very end of the headstock all the way down through to very end of the guitar, the strap button. <clears throat> and that, that laminate is, uh, made up of, uh, maple lace wood and purple heart and it's uh, five i believe five pieces of wood that are kind of put together to make that that big old piece of wood and then the sides of this new guitar i have are cherry and the tonality of all that put together is you know just enormous i mean it's just stunning it, it really sounds great and then the playability once he puts all the you know, the love and care that he puts into making each instrument, um, it, it plays like butter. I mean, it's just an unbelievable instrument. Um, this latest one has Seymour Duncan uh, Custom Shop 78 pickup in the in the bridge and an Alnico 2 Pro hung, a humbucker in the in the neck, and it's got uh, fu dot dash tone dot com upgrades in it um, which are a little bit of titanium in it and some stainless steel um, and uh, I'm trying to think of what else he's he's got in this thing it's um, it's just a really hand really super handcrafted gem you know and all his guitars are like that I've, I've this is the fourth one I think that I've, I've gotten from him and um, you know they 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 put a lot of detail into, you know, making these guitars the best they can possibly be. And, um, yeah, I love them. Yeah. Yeah. It's when you said handcrafted, I just, you know, I could, t I could, you can tell when you look at it cause it's such a unique looking, it, it's serious. You can just tell when you look at it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, and, and the design of it is kind of familiar you know, in that it's a it's a offset double cutaway kind mm -hmm. of body style. If it balances real well, um, tonality wise, it's very well balanced. Just, you know, too. But you know, you, you put it on your neck and it feels right, and you put it sit it on your on your knee, it feels right, and uh, the the neck is perfect. It's got an ebony fingerboard on it, uh, <clears throat> and it, it's just. It's a work of art, and it's yeah. a just a fantastic instrument. And um, I mean, well, the, the new one that I got, uh, I plugged it in and, and played it, and went, you know, go 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 go, and um, everybody looked, and they were like, whoa, you know, because the way it sounded, they were like, damn, that thing sounds great. Yeah. So, that the proof's in that pudding there when other people go, because you know, I'm I'm loving it anyway, but when other people go, oh gosh, what is that? You know, that's. That's where you know it's yeah it's good because I might be a little bit uh, close to it or a, a little bit partial to it, but uh, when people who don't have a horse in the race listen to it and, and their eyebrows go up, you know you got something. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, talk about your style a little bit. I've always thought you, you've got just the right amount of flash, but you make it look easy and kind of economical. Just talk about uh, how you developed it and you know who, who you really uh, who. Uh, you know what you cut your teeth on coming up. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm still working on it. I don't I think, you know, that's mm -hmm. such a work in progress, you know, and and I'm uh but but my early influences musical influences weren't really guitar players. It was like Stevie Wonder and uh 
Rare Earth, and then uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival at a young age. So there was guitars in that. And I remember listening to a, a Carlos Montoya record that my parents had that I really liked the sound of that. And that kind of inspired me as a, a young kid to really love the sound of the guitar. And then uh, Leonard Skinner came out. And I just was crazy about their guitar playing and the, the songs and their the, the solos. It was just something really special about that. So I really loved the Southern kind of vibe. So I think this Southern sounding music has always bent my ear, you know. And um, <clears throat> then I, I listened to Ted Nugent and I went and saw him live. And, and that really inspired me kind of made me go you know i really want to learn how to play guitar and um i went and saw him you know at, at the richmond mosque and it was just just mind-blowing and um so i started you know kind of learning that too and um then eddie van halen came out and these are rock guitarists you know that that, that really influenced me eddie van halen came out that changed my life for yeah. sure um and i found out about michael schenker who was you know just had such a great melody and, and and such great rhythms and and that really got me inspired and and along that same time um i started i was exposed to a couple of uh, fusion guitar players i would call you know al demiola alan holdsworth yeah. and and jeff beck and steve morse my um my guys that made me you know, realize that I'm never going to be that good. You know, like a guy like Steve Morse, you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, but, but they make you, you know, you go watch Steve Morse and, and, and you watch, you know, I saw the dregs back when I was a kid and I was like, well, I'm either going to quit or I'm going to practice. And I said, well, I'm going to practice. I have no idea how he did what he did there, yeah. but I'm at least practice my pentatonic scales and figure out you know, how to play them better and, and, you know, try to make them, sounds smooth and um you know as i've gone through this journey i mean that, that those were the main ones and after i got you know i mean i i guess after i got to be about you know 21 or so i i, I kind of stopped learning how to play other people's stuff and just started trying to figure out how to create my own and um you know that's kind of been my path you know since I haven't really sat down and studied or tried to figure out you know, how to play a song that I really like. I listen to the song and I think it kind of gets into my, my, my bloodstream a little bit. And yeah. then, you know, something might come out of me that has the flavoring of that. But, you know, gosh, uh, my, as far as my style, I, I think I'm, still trying to figure out what that is. You know, I, I think a lot of what I play is, um, you know, sometimes it's all legato where I'll, I'll just maybe pick the first note and try to hammer on and pull off a bunch of notes to make it sound real fluid. And then sometimes I'll try to pick every note. And this is soloing, you know, what I'm talking about, but Definitely. I'll try to pick every note to make it sound like, like little drums, you know, and I can't really decide which way to go. So I'm just trying to get, so I'm fluent at both. I'm trying to learn, you know, how to do different scales and different ways to approach melody and harmony. And, uh, you know, that's a never-ending thing. So, I, I, you know, I never was really exposed to you know, how to play classical guitar. So I would say that that's probably not in my wheelhouse, although I, I love the sound of that, some of that stuff, but I don't really know how to do it. I was never really exposed to straight ahead uh, or avant-garde jazz or anything like that. So I don't really know how to do that. So I can say that's not really in my playbook either. But straight ahead, rock, pop, southern, a little bit, a little bit country um, is stuff that I tend to gravitate towards mm -hmm. and you know, of the modes that I draw my note selection from, it's usually either, uh, you know, a Dorian mode or a Mixolydian mode, if, if not 
a you know Ionian or major scale or Aeolian minor scale, straight minor scale. I don't really get into any of the you know Lydian kind of stuff or any of the exotic kind of modes too much. But um, I, and it's probably just because my ear, when it comes time to to play a solo over some chords that are underneath what I'm trying to create, I try to come up with a tune. I try to hum the the tune first in my head or, or vocally before I try to play it so that it is something that I, I, I feel musically instead of just have my, my fingers kind of kick it out. So that's kind of my approach on that. Well, you mentioned practice and I noticed you do Skype guitar lessons. Are you doing just guys who are wanting to advance their skills? Are you doing people from that are beginning as well? I've done a couple of beginner ones and, um, you know that while they're uh, fun and it's great to to work with people who are just starting out, it's it's hard for me to remember uh, what it was like to play or start playing when I was, you know, that young and and just picking up a guitar. So I'd say it's a little more challenging for me uh, to to be able to teach a beginner guitarist, and they probably get their money's worth more by going to a local guitar teacher and getting them to teach them the first position chords, the major chords, the minor chords, you know, and start with that. And that's what I tell people is that, you know, I'm happy to take your money, but I, I think you're kind of put in the wrong spot if, yeah. if you were, to, I mean, and I, I'll sit down and, and kind of help people, you know, who are just starting out. But I think once you get that first year of playing under your belt, you kind of get over a, a speed bump or over the hump, so to speak. And then it starts to get a little easier for you to to play guitar. That first year is kind of hard to get your your hand muscles trained to push down on those strings and get some calluses built up on your fingers and you know learn the muscle memory going from let's say a G chord to a C chord. That's that's a pretty big shift with all your fingers. And um, you know, but but once you kind of crack that. Um, it, it gets a lot easier from there, at least to do the basic stuff. Now, it can get as hard as you want to take it, um, and I'm nowhere near, you know, where I want to be yet. But um, yeah, I think getting over that first year took a lot of the frustration uh, away and put it in the rearview mirror as far as just like being able to do a bar chord and have all the strings ring out. And that takes some some muscles that kind of build up, and it takes a while to get there. Well, when you do these lessons, are you getting a lot of guys that are like rock fans, fans of your work? Or are you getting people from all different walks of genres and that kind of thing? Yeah, so it's mostly people who know me and and know who I, you know, right. know what I do and what I play, and you know they either want to learn, you know, how, how do you do the the, the all she wrote rhythm or how do you do the riff and shake and tumble or, or whatever or, or it's um how do you approach a solo how do you connect these patterns how do you you know i know the pentatonic scale what else can i do in this so that if i'm going to play a, a jam night and they're playing johnny be good let's say you know what other notes can i do other than those five in that pentatonic scale and i just show them kind of like how i think of it and how I view the fretboard and 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 some of the ways that you know I approach it, and it's probably a, a lot like everybody else. But I guess you know my, my way of explaining it might be different. And you know I've got a, a fair amount of guys that are sticking with me and still want to you know do you know one every couple of weeks or one a month. I try not to you know if, if we talk for for an hour. On Skype, I do half-hour lessons and hour lessons. But if I give somebody an hour's worth of uh, uh, worth of stuff, it, it might be too quick to come back in a week. You know, I try to give them stuff to really practice and get so they're comfortable with it before we go on to the next one. You know, talking about Firehouse again, something that always jumped out to me was you had a hit on, off the third album with um, "I Live My Life for You." And that was in 95, whenever no one from the 80s rock and the glam rock era was having hits. So was that something that you guys noticed and thought thought about, or was it something that just kind of happened and 
Well, we sure noticed it. We sure thought about it. But, um, you know, the industry had moved on, um, except for the people who played it. Uh, the people who played it got phone calls right away from their listeners, you know, radio stations, whatever, that played it. And they said, I want to hear that song again. And um, the song went to like number one in Green Bay. I remember we were freaking out going, wow, this is 1995 where all you hear on the radio is alternative or the grunge kind of sound. But uh, that song was well received in, in a lot of places. And, and we were begging the record company to put some money into promoting this thing but they just didn't want to do it i mean we were on the same label as pearl jam and pearl jam great band uh but they were getting all the love out of the rock department of epic records at the time and epic records was not really interested in doing any putting any dollars into promoting anything that sounded like melodic rock um you know, hard rock, heavy metal kind of, or even light metal kind of stuff. So we were kind of on our own. And we went overseas and toured a lot on that record because there was a demand over there. And um, and then we come back here and do a couple of good gigs. And then there was a lot of, a lot of kind of disappointment, I guess, in the States at the time because it was so hard to get to the audience, to let the audience know we got a new record out. Uh, got a new song out that's doing real well but i mean the you know like you say that that song was um a hit for us and it, it kept us going over here but what it really allowed us to do was to break in other parts of the world and go introduce ourselves to a bunch of countries that hadn't really been exposed to firehouse before was well, that still because i i remember always reading that you know throughout the late 90s and early 2000s Asia was really good to you guys and a couple other bands. Is that still the case where you guys can go over there and draw huge crowds? Well, we, 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 we've had, um, you know, we, we went over there back on that third record and we kept going back and fortunately we built an audience over there and you know, we still go back there, uh, from time to time. And the last time I went, I, I think we had, um, you know, 60,000 people there. Wow. Wow. At, at one gig so and, and um so we're we're you know sitting there scratching our heads going <laughs> you know wow uh and, and you know it's it's a long way to go but um it's a bunch of people who really love the music that we do and um you know it's it's a lot of countries that we never thought we were going to be able to have the the honor to be able to play, and um, and now you know there's some of the, the, our greatest memories are you know going to play you know Thailand or Indonesia, Singapore, Malaysia, you know India, Japan of course. I mean everybody and I love Japan, um, uh, Korea. Uh, you know I can name a couple other ones, but you know just gone over there a lot and, and had a lot of great times and played a lot of great shows well we appreciate your time man thanks for having me you guys yeah, yeah. uh just want to say you know I, I don't mean to fanboy out here but you guys were the first band i ever saw live i still oh. love you guys to this day so thanks a lot this is great thanks man well thanks for having me and good luck uh to thunder underground and i appreciate you you having me and and thanks to all the listeners who tuned in there you go bill leverty of firehouse big thanks to him for taking the time out to talk to us there for a bit about what he's got going on once again very cool like you mentioned earlier and you mentioned at the end of that interview that's the first band we ever saw live and so that's right it's kind of cool to finally get a guy from that band on here of course i i had to geek out a little bit hey i i don't like to do that all the time but sometimes i just can't help myself right has to happen Definitely. But yeah, if this is your first time listening, you're a fan, obviously, of Firehouse. We've had on guys like, like we mentioned earlier, Joey Allen of Warrant, Mark Gus Scott of Trickster. We had on Steve Blaze of Lillian Axe. Like we said, Chris Green of Taiketo. We've had on Ian Hogland from Europe. Mark Torian. Yeah, from the Bullet Boys. That one's a fantastic one. Yes. And then we've got, what, all kinds of other stuff we do. We've had on... Two guys from a band called Kiss, 
Bruce Kulik and Gene Simmons. You, you should look them up if you haven't heard them. You might have heard of them. Yeah. We've had on guys from Seven Dust and Avatar, Zion Pool. Super Joint. Yeah. Like we mentioned earlier, Scattered Hamlet. Man, what am I forgetting? Crowbar, Crozen and Conformity, Shooter Jennings. Uh, he is legend. Uh, Miss May I. Um, the Sword. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and even I'll mention again on the Super Joint one with Jimmy Bauer, Phil Anselmo makes like a half second cameo really quick. Yeah. And then goes cool. away again. But it was still <laughs> awesome. But yeah, we've had all kinds of shit. Yeah, so be sure and check all that out. Every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central, you can listen to us on 1027WSNR.com. Thanks to them for having us on one, as one of their weekly programs. And then, of course, all those ones we just mentioned, you can check out SoundCloud.com backslash Thunder-Underground. And then Facebook is backslash The Thunderground. Instagram is The Thunder Underground. YouTube, you can listen to all these as well. At The Thunder Underground. Twitter, T-H-N-D-R-U-N-D-R Ground. Speaking of SoundCloud, did you see all that stuff about how it was like failing financially? Yeah. Well, and then they, supposedly... They said that a year ago, and well, then now they're coming back with all that kind of talk again. Well, yeah, but apparently it was like, now it's like in dire straits. Oh, no. It said it had like a month and a half like left of funding or something. Really? But apparently like once the news came out, Chance the Rapper stepped in and fully funded them or something yes well so he kind of saved our ass too th- yeah he, thanks to chance the rapper <laughs> i never had a problem with that guy anyways yeah hey that guy is a the pure definition of what what's the word self-made american dream i guess yeah. right <laughs> i'm telling you him and kendrick lamar are the only two people i i hear right now that like remind me of when rap was good yeah <laughs> I mean, I'm not a big rap guy, but, yeah, you know, again, here we go, off on another tangent. <laughs> right. When rap was good, snow and former. Oh, Jesus. Okay. We're done. Bye, everybody. Until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground, y'all.